Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Uh, thank God it's over. It's my first thought. Um. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dyster, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Hello, hello. We write for <laughs> Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Today, the role of Jonathan's creepy echo will be played by Danae Hughes. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. No, no, no. We're not, we're doing, not doing this. this. We're not doing this. <laughs> Sorry. I had, to, I had to wait it out. I had to wait for, for Jonathan to do something so Danae could play. I won't be able to like survive if we keep doing this because I will be laughing so much. That's amazing. Uh, oh, man. Good to see you guys. I got to tell you, uh, you know, there, actually, there's two things I really look forward to uh, on this weekly thing. I mean, there's several, but the two main things. Number one, hanging out with you guys, just having this time to like the stuff you hear in the outtakes is because when we hang out, we talk about all the stuff that we kind of want to talk about uh, with each other. And then the second or, part, or in this case, I just leave. <laughs> well, that is true. Today <laughs> did leave for a good portion of the pre-show uh, today. Uh, but then the other part is hanging out with the live audience of our Sync Club members as well. Just kind of, you know, commenting and having fun with that kind of stuff. And I just, I'm really enjoying just kind of this weekly, let's all hang out, chat, talk about stuff that's on the channels. And uh, yeah, it's fun stuff. So if you're interested in like checking out the live video as we record this, that is something that you can do as a Sin Club member. And if you haven't checked out the uh, Sin Club at Patreon, it's patreon.com slash cinemasins. Uh, you can check that out. That's not the only perk. There's lots of really fun stuff that happens there. Um, but if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, I'd encourage you to, encourage you to uh, check that one out. Today, what's, what's, what's the problem? Was it the slurp? What was the that? fact that you slurped right into the microphone while I was talking? I could have cut that out, but I'm not now. Nope, leaving it now. In fact, I may amplify it and play it again right now. Here it is, today's slurp. There you go. That'll take us in to the Sinside Scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week's process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending. We kick it off in Commercial Sins Land, uh, where I have written on the Snickers Betty White commercial. If you remember, this was from the 2010 Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, this was basically the idea being that Betty White is who you become if you don't have a Snickers. Um, and so which is just such an odd concept because you think that this commercial 
in and of itself would incentivize everyone to not eat a Snickers. <laughs> right. We all want to be Betty White. Who well, wouldn't? and also there's like well, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like this this commercial is not appetizing. There's like mud and like mm-hmm. people are dirty. Yeah. And like there is nothing about this commercial where I'm like, I want to have a Snickers right now. Uh <laughs> I do like, like the I, concept, I don't want to eat anything. Right. Because yeah. you know like Everybody smells like sweat and mud and, oh, well. I feel like, though, this is, to me, a really clever angle for a commercial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The idea that when you get hungry, you turn into somebody else, and then you're bringing in this funny kind of version of this normal person. So we're seeing a celebrity, but they're actually just a normal person. Mm -hmm. I still think these are one of the most clever commercials I've seen. Yeah, I do. I, I really liked this commercial. It was one of my favorites that year during the Super Bowl um and uh and really enjoy it um i'll start with some thoughts uh, since i wrote on this just some behind the scenes on a couple uh sins um one one of my favorite things was getting to use my uh philosophy degree uh with the final tag of you're not you when you're hungry and then uh the sin being ontological fallacies uh you know and i got to bring back the idea of ontology and what is being and what does it mean to be you um, so that was fun to be able to use my, uh, m- my training, you know, don't let anybody ever tell you that you won't get anything out of a philosophy degree because someday you may be writing sins Someday, <laughs> need something like that. Uh, and then I don't know why, but I think encroachment is the funniest penalty in football. I have mm-hmm. no idea why this is. It cracks me up anytime it's a penalty. So just the, the ability to go. What's next? Encroachment. Uh, that just that was fun as well. So I want. Well, to that's that. and I, I don't get it. I've never. I mean, I'm sure it would be easy to look up, but I don't care to. I'm kind of <laughs> with you on that because there's offsides, there's false starts, right. and then there's just randomly encroachment. Mm-hmm. I know somebody's gonna be like, "You're an idiot." It's this, but I just no, yeah. There's a clear I don't, difference, I don't and I have never taken the there time is. to look it up either. It just cracks me up. It's just yeah, like we have a, this this version of being offsides that is so distinct. That we need to call it encroachment. Um, well, and it's the same. It's the same penalty too, right? So why wouldn't you just call it offsides? Like none of it makes any sense to me. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys, Danae? What were some of your thoughts on this one? Um, as as I've already said, I really enjoy the, the Snickers commercials, and it was kind of fun to watch it again because it's been a long time since I've seen it. Obviously, um, but I liked the sin that you wrote: the eat a Snickers and then whoa, whoa, whoa! They're token doting female. There's a football game going on right now. You think you can just <laughs> march onto the field with a confectionery treat anytime you want? Wait for timeout, Shilly Wonka. I that was yeah. really clever. I liked yeah. it. Nice. What about you, Jonathan? Um, I. I I like this uh, commercial too. I, I I think I'm trying to remember what the other ones were. I feel like there was. I'm trying to remember what the other celebrities were. I feel like this is one of the better ones, if not the best one. But I'm having a hard time remembering mm-hmm. the other ones in the series. Yeah. But I always enjoyed these, and I love Betty White. I mean, who doesn't love Betty White? For sure. Um, it's going to be a sad day. Speaking of that, which Ava Vigoda is in this too, which I had forgotten and uh, missed that dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, speaking of which, that was one of the sins I really, I really liked. I had written down like that's a fucking Vagoda Snickers. You put some respect on that name. <laughs> yeah. But I think my favorite was this commercial vastly overestimates the speed of human metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Why would it, it be immediate? It's, true. it's like your body's got to process that stuff before you become yourself. It's not like a magic trick. Uh, very nice. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Snickers, Betty White for commercial sins. We'll move into TV sins now. Uh, we're doing what if, guys? Uh, the Marvel show, the animated Marvel show that takes a look at possible 
Take um, a drink if you're surprised. That's <laughs> right. Not very many people are drinking right now. <laughs> TV sins. Uh, TV sins does a Marvel or Star Wars property on Disney Plus. Cliche. Uh, continuing. So, uh, so yeah, we did episode one. Captain Carter were the first Avenger. So again, the full title is "What If Captain Carter Were the First Avenger." Um, this was uh, Ian and I doing this one. So, what did Ian have to say about uh, the process on this one? Ian said, I really like the concept behind what if. On paper, it's a great sandbox to entertain fan theories and the more niche comic storylines that you couldn't otherwise squeeze into the MCU. Unfortunately, the execution hasn't done it for me. I don't think Marvel uh I don't think Marvel were bold enough with most of their ideas and played it out all quite safe. Mm-hmm. Played it all quite safe. Mm-hmm. I think I added the word out. I just did that thing mm-hmm. in my mind where I went back through our uh, our editing process where the narrator added the word out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, this episode was practically uh, particularly frustrating because Marvel couldn't keep their Rogers out of my Carter. Considering this was meant to be a female-centric story, fucking Steve managed to turn up and save the day twice. The animation actually looks a bit cheap. I'm certain it's a stylistic choice, but it's distracting as hell. And those are my thoughts. Wait, that was an entirely thoughtful analysis with no digs at Jonathan and no shenanigans at Danae. What is happening? Am I growing? <laughs> growing. <laughs> Erections. <laughs> also, fuck Bucky, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will jump off a couple of things he said with my thoughts on the show. The animation is an interesting one. Neither Ian and I really liked it. Uh, it I just didn't work for me. As I've been watching more episodes, I've gotten used to it. And what I do like about the animation is I think they are using animation well in providing some like striking visuals. Like the style of animation still isn't my favorite, but I love some of the visuals that they're painting on screen, um, especially as the season has gone on. Uh, In this one, yeah, you know, my main thing with this one was if you're going to make it about Captain Carter, make it about Captain Carter. I know everybody loves Steve. I know everybody misses Captain America if you do it this way. But to have him be like the the ex machina twice in this episode to save her when it's her story. I don't know. It just it it really came off uh, wrong to me. So I was glad we we kind of hit that hard uh, during the video. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed writing on it. Uh, had a great time with this one. Uh, uh, one of uh, Ian's sins that I really liked was the um, the colonoscopy sin uh, that mm-hmm. he wrote, which is really funny. And an interesting story behind that one, that was originally its own sin. And then we kind of combined the, the sin it was in at first didn't quite work. And so we had this uh, Colonel, Fr- uh, Colonel Flynn survives this after he says something extremely sexist. Um and so then we kind of added it to the end of that one, which I think makes that sin just absolutely sing. So, um, yeah, the Colonel Hole, Colonel-oscopy uh, <laughs> sin was one of my favorites. Uh, and then the other thing that I had to had to get out there was the, uh, the what-if punctuation. Um, I had, like, I don't understand the ellipsis followed by the question mark. And I researched how ellipses, you know, ellipses are supposed to be used. And uh, I'm getting some pushback in the comments, which is fine. I get it. But um, but anyway, so that that was another one. The one where I was like, look, it, either, it should either be ellipse, ellipses and then ellipses and question mark. Or it should just be the ellipses or it should just be the question mark. Because, uh, you know, otherwise it's a complete sentence and you're missing part of the sentence. So because those ellipses, they aren't apostrophes. They're ellipses. 
So they should they don't stand in for something that's not there. They say there's more coming. Hold on. That's what they say. Anyhow. Um, I did have more from Ian that I skimmed over because I looked away. So let's continue with his thoughts because he did have a couple uh, specifics oh, to mention good. too. I don't think any of it overlapped with what you just said though. Um, so he continued that another one, this is another one of those scripts where you guys had a lot of overlap between the two of you. Yes. Um, and felt like there was going to be suspicions that uh, he had read your script, Aaron. <laughs> um, the standout was for when Carter was fighting the squid monster and we both came up with a, let me just grab the sort of convenience sin. Mm-hmm. Um, there were slight variations, but they were so close that during the combine process, I genuinely couldn't remember which one was mine. He continues by saying, having to explain the randomness of the button guy joke and the following callback to Danae was a lot of fun in this script, which is true. <laughs> so I was a shy on the script and there's this button guy and i still don't i don't understand um but ian says well, it's, for some coming, reason- it's coming up in uh in keeping tabs okay so yeah um ian says for some reason this made perfect sense to aaron and i but danae thought it was too random do you hear me guys danae thought it was too random <laughs> too random for freaking danae danae the queen of random which is true um the sin that he points out was this doesn't concern you you're lucky to be in the room was beautiful title of my sex tape joke the best Mm -hmm. uh ones are the ones that aren't even remotely sexual i tip my hat to the mr dicer although i think being able to draw from personal experience is cheating just a touch (laughs) 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 that's the whole point that is the whole point of the tv sins narrator have the like title of my sex tape question mark thing yeah 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 which is in the next one too before we get away from this, though, I will say I'm with Danae. I actually had that written down. I don't understand the button guy callback. Thank sound. you, Jonathan. <laughs> I guess Aaron will explain it later. Well, I can explain that part now. I was gonna. I was gonna uh, explain the. Uh, I tried to cut it. It sounded funny. Like it's, it's funny. Like, like when Aaron says it, it's mm-hmm. really funny. But then I'm like, but I what am I laughing it. at? I know. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Same. That is the sin. The sin is that the show takes this. The, the sin is that the show takes this button guy comment that's just out of nowhere, and that we sin, and then makes a callback to it, like it's this big joke or whatever. And so it's like you know, button guy callback. Anyways, um, I love callbacks. But I two. love sinning shows you, for for callbacks. Uh, I think it's. But you say thing. it twice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's where I got confused. Yeah. And then the second time, you also add ours is better, so uh-huh. that even confused me more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because in the first one we I'm not saying I didn't like the video okay, so, I did love the video no, no, no. I think I'm I not can saying this one no, no, confusing no, 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 no. thing I, I didn't realize I guess I didn't even realize during the process that this was the part that wasn't understood we make a button guy callback with uh, one of our sins Okay, and so then the narrator's like going button guy callback, like it's his own callback like he's saying he made his own callback then the show does it later and so the narrator repeats button guy callback and then like, well, ours was better. Um, I'm still so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so just going to quit A trying. squared plus B squared <laughs> divided by the hypotenuse. I'm even, yeah. I'm even more. Actually, I kind of wish I hadn't asked the question because now I think I'm even more confused. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it would have been better yeah. just being ignorant Man, about whatever. Man, I need Ian here. Like, it made complete sense <laughs> but, to us. But no, no, no. We need a flow chart. But it was so funny. Like, yeah. I was 100% like laughing when I heard you say, button guy callback. But then I'm like, I don't, but I don't know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> but it was funny. Well, I feel like that most of the time, so. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'll take it. Fair enough. I don't mean it mean. No, 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 no. No, I didn't take it that I, I think I disagree with you guys on the stylistic of the show, though. A I lot think. of people do. 
A lot of people I do. I love the animation. The first time I saw it, I mean, it was different, but I genuinely grew to really appreciate it. I think it's beautiful. I think one of the things that they do is they, they're lighting things from a whole bunch of different angles, almost like the CG uh, ability to just kind of add lighting sources. They just mm-hmm. kind of went ham on that. So it's really interesting to look at. And then it's there's always these different colored lights coming at different angles of these different characters. But I've never seen anything like it before. And it's really beautiful to me. And it feels very comic-like also, mm-hmm. which is a super mm-hmm. cool thing to see. There's a couple episodes that are coming up where there's these fight scenes that are just magnificent to watch, in my opinion. So I think I'm on the side, firmly on the side of, I loved the animation. Yeah, and I, I actually think maybe the majority of people are. If I'm reading you know, like responses that I've seen. Um, people seem to love the animation. It just, I, both of us wrote sins on, you know, thinking it looked cheap. Um, so, uh, so yeah, and I think it was the cell shading got rotoscoping pregnant and delivered in the Uncanny Valley sin that uh, that we used for that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Danae, was the, were you doing your stuff or were you finished? I can, I can. Um okay. Uh, I liked the 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 sin about the heels, like uh, you won't be needing your heels anymore, and just like she never actually needed those in the first place, or mm-hmm. um, women aren't soldiers, and you know, just like the the Colonel Flynn survived this, but then going into the Colonel Hole, and mm-hmm. that, you guys talked about that one already. Um, the the sin where it was like uh, I think Carter says, um, "Well, then we better start dancing," and. <laughs> This is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and she's meaning like, I guess, killing. And then there's a, <laughs> the sin is just Captain Carter's dancing looks strangely like murder. I just <laughs> just the way that one so casually, mm-hmm. you know, put together uh, was uh, delightful. And I mm-hmm. enjoyed that one a lot. And then um, at the end, the um, uh, when the watcher says, I observe all that transpires here, but I but I do not, cannot, will not interfere. And the sin is simply, then is there really any point to you at all? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which having continued to watch the show and continue to experience the expositional creature that is the watcher, I really enjoyed him being sinned, it being sinned, them Mm -hmm. being sinned. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel like he does interfere like later on. Like I I don't, and I've got, I some people, I've mentioned that and I've had pushback on it, but I I feel like there are episodes where he interferes, 100% interferes, but... I will I, tell you maybe what the, I don't know what interfere means. Boy, maybe it's like oh the button boy. callback guy. Um, boy, I think I'm the only one who's up to date on what if, uh, based on what, how you guys are are talking about this. But um, yeah, uh, the last two episodes, uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. But uh, but this is intentional on the show's part. Uh, his oh I, okay, his okay. idea about okay. not interfering or interfere like that is all. So even though it's an anthology, there is some continuity to it. It is not an anthology. I will just say that. Um, it is the, the episodes are important. Uh, so, um, it's not, I should say it's not a pure anthology, uh, because it is a a type of anthology, but it is a connected anthology. Um, that's about as spoilery as I'm, I'm going to get with it, but, um, well, yeah. yeah, Now that you say that I've even, I mean, I, I assumed, I guess I did assume like all these were kind of existing in a similar, like, you know, universe or something. So that doesn't make, actually that wouldn't be really an anthology. It would just be different stories. Correct. And they're all canon Uh, and they're, they all, you know, they're all about, you know, different, uh, multiverses that stuff is happening in, but yes, 
but that that is to come down the road possibly uh that conversation um okay cool yeah. uh jonathan what about you Danae, were you done sorry i didn't mean mm-hmm. to cut you off uh, jonathan what about mm-hmm. you i so I remembered this comic book when I was really young and I remember it would always intrigue me when I would go to the comic store because it always had these just it was just these wild covers. It was like, what if Spider-Man had Incredible Hulk's powers, you know, mm-hmm. and it would show, yeah. you know, and then I didn't read it all the time. But when I would pick up an issue, I, I always remember always being just slightly disappointed because it like it just never felt like it lived up to whatever it was that they were, you know saying i'm sure there are examples of ones that worked beautifully but i just in my opinion like the few i read so i wasn't a huge fan of the comic but i feel like the show's kind of doing the same thing where i like the concept but then i don't always necessarily like i've seen i guess i've seen like four episodes now four or five maybe four and i mean uh, i would say one or two of them have been better than the other ones but like i still just feel like a lot of it's just um, you know, what if this person replaced this person and then they kind of just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, to me, for whatever reason, that's not that interesting, but, uh, but I, what the, I, I didn't, I, I didn't think about it as much while I was watching it, but you guys bringing up how Steve still factors into this. So, was so, so much. Yeah. yeah that, that doesn't was so make frustrating. sense to me. Yeah. Well, they just undermine the idea that, well, maybe it's not an undermining, maybe it's the point that they're trying to make. I don't know. But the idea to open the, uh, the concept of what if, something else happened and the universe as we know it is actually this version of it. So you instantly assume that that would mean that the female would be the hero, the heroine, have the authority Mm -hmm. and have the power, but she's actually, Mm -hmm. she's actually rescued again, multiple times. So it's like, did they actually do that on purpose or is it so ingrained in story writing that it is impossible to allow a woman to fully take control and it not be offensive? I think or, or, do they think it's uninteresting? I mean, I don't know. I think I think it's an audience thing mostly. Now, I, I and I think that audience thing is ingrained in just the sexism that has been in pop culture for so long. But I don't think for the writers it was like some sort of. Uh, I don't think the majority of it was any kind of like uh, subconscious bias. I think it was more about we got to give Captain America something to do because people love Captain America, right? Like it was like. Whereas I'm sitting there going, I would yeah. love to see just like scrawny mm-hmm. Steve Rogers be scrawny Steve Rogers through this whole thing, you know, yeah. and, you know, let him be in peril and her save him. Let him be used as, you know, fridge him a little bit, you know, make make him a motivating part of, you know, a decision she makes or something like mm-hmm. women have been relegated to for years in storytelling. Um, but it, it, I think it would de- for me, I think the majority of it probably came from if 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 I'm guessing the idea that, oh, we got to have Chris Evans do more, you know, because people love him so much. Um, well, and it's, kind of thing. I, I, I will say one thing I do kind of like about the show, though, is that they for the most part, they they are getting the actors to do the voice work, mm-hmm. which I think yeah. is really cool, because mm-hmm. especially I noticed that like I, th- I don't know if that's the next episode, but the the Guardians of the Galaxy one with T'Challa, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I love that, like, you know, Benicio, I think Benicio doing the voice of the collector, I think, adds mm-hmm. so much to that episode, you know uh but anyway but but, uh sorry go ahead no no. i was just gonna say i will say it it does stand out when it's not the person though now like with because it usually is when it's not it's like whoa that is not tony stark (laughs) yeah you know or yeah or like 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 yeah in that episode i was just talking about like dave bautista doesn't voice 
uh, Drax, Drax yeah. but everybody else is the same. And then, it, so it's really weird when it's like, oh, that's just somebody doing like a Dave Bautista impersonation. I agree with that. So that does kind of take you out a little bit. Uh, and as far as the, yeah, that is weird though, that they went that way. Cause I mean, it's not like the MCU has not had movies with like, well, I mean, God, they had WandaVision, you know, and mm-hmm. they, uh, Captain Marvel and like the strong female characters in Black Panther. And I mean, it's not like they can't have women fight and not needing a man's help. So that is odd that in this situation, they chose to go that route. But I think Aaron's probably onto something there about, they felt like you had to have, still have Steve in there doing mm-hmm. something. I, yeah. I don't know. Dumb. Um, I did not, um, I didn't understand, uh, the Iron Man three shaming. I mean, if you want to <laughs> knock the, f- if you want to knock the fourth best MCU movie, that is, oh that is on you. That is on you. Uh, the best Iron Man movie. Just want to throw that out. I'm there. loving. I'm uh, loving this. Uh, this Ian Jonathan. Uh, you know, a rivalry. This well, is. I didn't this know is, who wrote that. This is I didn't really know who fun. wrote that. Zen. That's why I threw I that out. I was out. just. I'm stoking the rivalry. <laughs> no, look. I am. I admitted this when 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 Barrett and Chris and I did the Shang the Shang Chi. Sorry, the Shang Chi mini pod. Mm-hmm. I admitted that I am on an island when it comes to Iron Man three. Yeah. I think other people like Iron Man three. I just don't think there's very many people that like it as much as I do. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's fine. I'm okay with that. I I live with that every day. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll be all right, guys. Um, I <laughs> I also love the thing early on that am I going to point out every tiny discrepancy between this and the first Avenger? Only time will tell. <laughs> I was pretty sure Ian wrote that too because uh-huh. there were two question marks. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, I'm learning. <laughs> and tell, then tell Ian. going off of what I think Danae, I don't know if Danae mentioned this exact sin. I don't think I heard her say this, but just talking about just the. The, the kind of ins- the insulting nature of a lot of the stuff they did with Agent Carter or, or Captain Carter, uh, where the the line in the show was, and you won't be needing those hills anymore. And then the sin was, she never needed them mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> I just loved that. So, so true. It was a really funny video. And uh, even if I didn't get one of the jokes, <laughs> one of the running jokes. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I did also want to give a shout out to Ian for calling Bucky Stevens other love interest. The chat, uh, the uh, comments really loved that as well. I thought that was uh, really fun to, to, to play off their relationship in that way and uh, in fun times. So, uh, all right, let's move into Rick and Morty season five finale. Rick, Mariah, Jack, uh, Danae and I writing on this one. Um, Danae, why don't you go first? What are some of your, your thoughts on the finale? Uh, thank God it's over. It's my first thought. Um, <laughs> there was somebody in the comments that was like, I'm so sorry one of the writers hates writing on this. I love them so much. <laughs> Wait, how do they know? You listen they to BTS listen to the podcast. and you know. Yeah, they that. probably listen to the podcast. I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready for this to be over and done with, and it is now, and I'm so thankful. It's difficult to send Rick and Morty. It's difficult to talk about it every fucking week. Um, and I, I don't know, did it end the way that it should have ended? Uh, Maybe does like, I just think about, I think back on the season and, and whatever arc I thought was happening, like this sort of understanding of who evil Morty may have become evil Morty, but that's not at all what it was. So it kind of undoes some early thoughts about what could be happening. So then we end this season in my mind and I could be fucking wrong because none of this makes any, it doesn't make any sense to me in a lot of ways and it shouldn't, which is why it's so fucking frustrating to talk about it all the goddamn time. (laughs) (laughs) According to the comments, it makes complete sense. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, This is our Rick and Morty and maybe they're just um, 
evolving or something like this. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm this show. <laughs> I, I, you know, when you're sending something, you're trying to you're, you're trying to pick it apart, and you're also trying to make sense of it. And when it's Rick and Morty, it's just it it takes the fun away from Rick and Morty. Because Rick and I would rather just watch Rick and Morty and be done with it and be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a Rick and Morty episode. But then we're trying to find reasoning inside of it, and I just don't want to consume this content to find reason. I want to be able to just enjoy it because it's dumb or it's silly or it's strange or whatever. But they are trying to make deeper points. And so, but then the deeper points are undone by their own writers. And so I don't, I don't know. I'm fucking done with this shit. Here's some shit I wrote that we wrote that I liked. (laughs) First of all, I thought Aaron's um, uh, idea to break this up into two uh, CinemaSense episodes within itself was Mm -hmm. perfect. Mm -hmm. Because there's something about finding a way to kind of like end a season, which now that we're doing a full season, the quote unquote pressure is sort of on and that you want to remember some of the concurrent sins. You want to try to wink and nod back to things that you did early in the season. And so it's a different level of paying attention to, to the writing process. Mm -hmm. And you also kind of want to go out with a punch, just like they want to go out with a punch. And so I just loved seeing Aaron's idea because it's just absolutely perfect to consider that it's a, we're sending each show individually and really Aaron carried this, this entire script because I am Rick and Morty. So, so the office, I hate that show. Rick and Morty. I like the show, but I hate sending it. So the hate level is similar, but like flipped in different ways. And I'm just like, I'm on Rick and Morty burnout guys. And so my sins are becoming things like fuck this, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which reminds me of the office. So every once in a while I'll be like, Oh, there's a sin I can kind of find finally. Uh, but it was just a relief to see Aaron's, you know, coming in going, yes, let's, let's kill this last one. So this is completely, uh, I mean, almost completely just an Aaron delight for me. Um, we both send the count of the swords, the sword wings that came mm-hmm. out, which was kind of fun. Um, uh, I liked Aaron's sin about Morty survives this working because it was a combination of this works and Morty surviving. That's when he's splitting back into the, mm-hmm. they take the old Morty and they split him up and then they somehow make the young Morty again. Um, the complexity of what was going on in some of the flashbacks and, you know, Morty realizing what they're created for on the next deeper level of uh, that this world is creating, like he sees all this shit happen and Morty's like, what the fuck is this? And the sin is just no idea, man, you're on your own with this one. (laughs) Again, sometimes those simple sins is all it needs to be. I did enjoy the title of my sex tape a couple sins back to back, but probably my favorite is the the final one where um, the attempt for the narrator to recap what he assumes is happening uh, here at the very end. It was, it was perfectly done. And I loved how it was like, yay, you know, like this big, long sort of explanation as to what could be happening right now and trying to kind of put it all back together while sending it at the same time. And then just, yay. (laughs) I thought it was great. So well done, Mr. Dicer. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, Don't sell yourself short. One one thing I really love about uh, Danae is the fact that even when she is not into a show or is sick of sinning something, she does find a way to like add some fun to the sins. I know what you feel internally, but I'm telling you externally, you send some good stuff. For instance, I just want to stab it. 
for instance, uh, the Pussa Fur was a great catch. Like, you know, just that there's this joke right there that you completely missed. I loved that. And then the one that made me laugh a lot was just the absolute um, astonishment and anger at the color of the walls. And <laughs> What is that fucking color? Just like the narrator is so mad uh, that it's some it's sort of awful. weird sherbet uh, color. I have more on that on Keeping Tab. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, just, who purposely paints their walls like this? Uh, I love it when the narrator gets uh, really angry about really un- in- inconsequential stuff. Uh, so I wanted to mention those. And then as far as kind of like behind the, the scenes of s- stuff I wrote, um, the coming up with the names for the characters that we don't see I- at any time in this episode was really fun. Um, uh, that was awesome. W- went with Packy Chan uh, for the one that looked like Pac-Man, um, Mr. Mole Map. <laughs> Uh, and then the one, the Boobrina, the unrealistic body image, which <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I, I, somebody in the chat was like, look, I've seen people with a body like that. And I was like, that's not what the unrealistic is in reference to. It's not in, it's in reference to the image. It's in reference to the expectation. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so that was really fun as well. So, uh, yeah. had a good time with it. I, um, I still really enjoy this show. Uh, it has its ups and downs for me. But I love that they're unhinged in a way that just allows them to do whatever they want and have fun and explore weird ideas, even if I don't quite understand them. Um, they can be explained for the most part. And if you go through the comments, there there is a lot of people being like, it's actually not that hard. It makes complete sense. And I, I don't want to guarantee you, but I assume many of those people have taken the time to go to the fan wiki to watch a video explaining it. You know, like all those kind of things. I don't know. I mean, yes, you can watch it and get what you get. When I watched it, I understood a little bit about how Rick had separated these universes into ones where he was the smartest uh, being alive and ones where he wasn't. And so he had this, uh, you know, whatever it's called, curve that uh, separated those two universes so he could be the smartest man in the universe uh, in all uh, you know, the certain existence or whatever. But that doesn't mean that's, that it's, first of all, it doesn't mean that part is completely understandable on watching the episode. It also mm-hmm. doesn't mean that what that means makes sense, right? Like, so how does that practically work? How is that something that's, and so the show does this thing where it's just like, it's crazy, it's wacky, it's fun. And then it's also like, go ahead and think about this for the next month straight, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know that I want to, but uh, but it is fun for those who do. So um, so anyhow, yeah, I, I, had a, I still am having a really good time uh, with the show in general. Jonathan, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, well, and to be clear, I mean, Danae said, though, she, she likes the show. Uh, right. It's just yeah. sending it is not is not always fun, and I agree. I mean, it's 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 a it's a weird one to send sometimes. Um, I definitely watch it. I think I I have to rewatch this more than most mm-hmm. shows of this length. Um, mm-hmm. when when I'm sending, like I'm definitely like you know I'm I'm definitely having an easier time with something like The Simpsons. Uh, you know than I am than I am Rick and Morty. I like it overall. I think it's interesting that there's a bunch of different ways to watch Rick and Morty. I think I'm definitely more casual with it. I I don't really think about what it's trying to say half the time. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy the craziness of it and uh you know fun pop culture references and <laughs> stuff like that. I think that's more my speed with mm-hmm. it. So I wasn't really thinking about how this connected. I like the Rick and Two Crows stuff. I think it. I'm sure that would become like a one joke kind of thing, but I was kind of thinking like, I'm kind of sad this already ended. <laughs> like I kind of want more of this. Yeah. 
Uh, I did enjoy uh, balding uh, 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 beer gut uh, Morty a little bit. I thought that was kind of uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of humorous and disturbing. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but no, but it was okay. Uh, you guys did a great job with it, uh, uh, sending it. Uh, you guys have mentioned a lot of this stuff. I loved when you guys were going through the questions about the antihero, and you did the is Uncle Joey an antihero every time he insists some someone cuts something out. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. I like the narrator trying to go through all the owl legends and uh, owl things and realizing they're all urban legends. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really like the narrator realizing that his beliefs are wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> about about owls. And uh, the simplicity of this one just killed me. But I just loved wearing clothes under clothes for that long. I just yeah. thought that was really fun. Yeah, it's so <laughs> a true. Long time to wear clothes under clothes. I know it is. It is, and I would never think about that. And then when, when you say it, it's just like, <laughs> oh, like, that's true. Why would you do that? <laughs> I also yep. was very confused about what, what button guy had to do with this episode. What, button, what did button there. guy have to do with this episode? Why is there a button guy callback in Rick and Morty? That makes always, no sense. Yeah. I'm just going to throw a button said, guy always, callback into like scripts yes, now. Just all yes. sorts of scripts. Please I do. Was, I, was, I was just thinking, though, talking about callbacks. It would have been funny if Danae had started talking about like, what if or something and said, and what I really thought was weird was when it ended in genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Rick Mariah Jack, the season finale of Rick and Morty. All right, let's move into music video sins. Lil Nas X, That's What I Want. Uh, Barrett writing on this one. Uh, this reminds me, you watch uh, Masked Singer, don't you, Jonathan? Oh, yeah. There was somebody who whose, whose initial guess for one of the contestants was one of the Lil's. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. There's so many Lil's in, in yeah, rap right uh, now that it was just like uh, one Nicole, of the Lil's. <laughs> yeah, like, Nicole Scherzinger or whatever, whatever her, how you say her last name. That she, made me uh, laugh. Yeah, she, it, she, yeah that, was, that, was, that was great. And she was not right. Uh, <laughs> no, she was not. Uh, so this is Lil Nas X. Um, what did you guys think? Uh, Jonathan, why don't you kick us off? What were some of your thoughts on this one? Um, I, oh, I told you guys earlier, I, I just, I honestly forgot to go back through it and, and write down like favorite sins, but I reviewed this one. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen it a few times. I've seen the, I've seen the video a few times and it's a really funny video. I, I, I like Lil Nas X, like as the person, I, I think I love the confidence. I love just, uh, his, he's just not afraid to do whatever he wants to do with these videos. You know, uh, we, we already talked about in the past, like the, 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 the one that was set at Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of get more of that here where he's just, you know, he's just pushing, pushing it. And, uh, I, I, I love that aspect of it. The mm-hmm. song itself, it's fine. I, I, I don't, I don't know that there's anything about the song itself, but I almost feel like with Helm, like that's not even what I'm interested in. I'm just curious. I, I, I think he has done something that a lot of artists don't do. I think he really puts a, I, not that they don't put time into their videos, but I think there is something about the videos that's like really important to him, right? Like, I just feel like he's always trying to like, you know, test the the boundaries and the limits of what he can do with a music video. And I, I, I think I find that more fascinating uh, than the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. It might even be, that might even be the problem. Maybe the video itself uh is so much, I don't know, maybe it kind of undersells, I don't, not undersells, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but maybe the video kind of masks the song a little bit. Like, I'm not even thinking about the song because I'm just more interested in what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, but I like the guy. Like, I'm a fan. I just, I just, I, this song just didn't really catch me. And I, I honestly, having just heard it two days ago, I couldn't even tell you how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. But, but it's a very funny video as always. Uh, 
uh, I think Barrett does really well with these little Nas X videos. Um, he's even expressed, you know, I, I, I don't know that he's like a fan, but I, I, I think he acknowledges that uh, he thinks this is funny that we do this in the past. So that's that's always cool. Yeah. Uh, Danae, what about you? I think um, there are some artists that come uh, at a time when the mold needs to be broken and conversations need to happen. And there's just these really brave uh, artists that just put stuff out there that pushes boundaries. And I think Lil Nas X is one of those. I think Lady Gaga is mm-hmm. maybe someone who I can compare him to in that mm-hmm. she did shocking things visually, vocally, lyrically. And the following that she gained from that um, really gave a, a platform for people who didn't feel like they had a voice. And I think Lil Nas X is doing that in a completely new uh, era, which is always amazing to watch, especially for a uh, songwriting. Um, and, you know, because people really are drawn to music and music speaks to people. Mm-hmm. So I just think that his, I, I think he's really fucking brave uh, to come out um, with mm-hmm. his sexuality to be a black man who, you know, statistically, um, anyone who is just not, you know, the, uh, stereotypical straight person, blah, 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 which is not really a stereotype. Like it, I, I love that the mold is being broken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already been broken, but he's going back over these. So like if you break foundational pieces, there's these big chunks that come off. And I feel like little Nas X is going to the thing, the chunks that have already fallen off of the foundations it's broken. And he's just taking a jackhammer to those big chunks and breaking them even more down so that people can really take a deeper look at our it's biases. Great metaphor. Yeah. And yep. I don't care what kind of, with him and with some others, it's almost like I almost don't really care what the song is. I'm just fascinated to watch yeah. what he's doing. And I think that's what you're saying, Jonathan. Is it a song that's going to stand out to me? Does it speak to me? No. But uh, this album, the entire album, is kind of him pouring out. So he also is one of those artists, I feel like, he could put an album out and put a mediocre song out and someone's going to grab onto it and create content from it. And... I hope that he has a really good powerhouse of people with him that can kind of keep him steady because an artist that has the power and the attention like he does could easily, you know, have any great number of things happen. And now we're looking at Lady Gaga. She's doing a jazz album right now. Did you guys see that? I hadn't seen that. No, no, I hadn't seen that. I know. Okay. I know she's a huge heavy with metal Tony fan, Bennett. though, and she's always wanted to do a heavy metal album, with Tony which I Bennett. think would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. They're really good friends. So uh, the You've got this artist that started off, you know, and I'm comparing the two of them purposefully, but like you've got Lady Gaga who started off, you know, just like breaking molds and doing shocking things and has shown her uh, her absolute fucking talent. She's been not only in movies, but then also just like the concerts that she's done, the tributes that she's done, the vocal work she's done. And now she's doing this incredible album in a totally new genre to just to show the audience the importance of jazz. I want Lil Nas X to be able to have that kind of a career where Mm -hmm. there's a longevity and there's not this burnout. And I think sometimes when you're doing brave things and talking about brave content and pouring out your brave heart, there can be more pitfalls and there can be, unfortunately, more people that can kind of come at you. I just I feel like he has the ability to withstand and I hope he's got support just like I hoped Lady Gaga had support too. So I'm down for it. Um, As far as the the video is concerned. The one that I wrote down was the metaphor about the shooting star. I just thought that was really funny. 
um <laughs> the lyric was about a shooting star and he said that one kind of means that you're gonna be a flash in the pan and nobody wants that and then he kind of digs at the old town road days for country music so i thought that was clever yeah no that that was a really good and one I'm, i I will say real quick, I'm not going to be shocked at all if like five years from now, though, I go back on some of this and I do actually start enjoying it because sometimes it takes a second to really get, you know, to get in mm-hmm. because Lady Gaga is a great example of that where I didn't really pay much attention to her when she came out. I mean, I knew who she was and I was I thought it was cool, but I didn't really get that much into the songs. And then I saw her perform at the Super Bowl. She's amazing. Yeah, and, she is. And amazing. I think that 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 for some reason that really blew me away. And then that sent me down a path where I was checking out her full albums and stuff. And then I was finding all these songs that I really liked, you know, so that, that, that could happen here. He kind of reminds me of Prince too, in a way. Like I, yes. I feel well, like he's that gonna, moment in I the music like, video when he's holding onto the guitar and his, in that dress oh, yeah. gave me Prince vibes. <laughs> well, and also like no Prince album sounds like the other Prince album. Like mm-hmm. it, that, I think that's interesting with Prince fans. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that would say like purple rain or something, but I feel like if you talk to a lot of Prince fans, you're going to get a lot of different different favorite albums because they're all just so unique uh and i he's definitely an artist that could that could mess around with all these different things and, and yeah. do the same thing sorry sorry aaron didn't mean to no you're good you're good I, I hadn't started yet i i think um if you want to know how i feel about lil nas x and this video and all that just rewind the podcast and listen to jonathan and danae uh say their thoughts i echo everything <laughs> you guys said 100 100 percent. so i don't need to re-say it um as far as the video goes, uh, the uh, video steals the plot twist from Up in the Air Sin. <laughs> really made me laugh. Uh, and it says, and I'm sorry, but I'm a little less invested in this whirlwind romance than the one that was built over several months by George Clooney and Vera Farmiga. Uh, that made me laugh a lot. And then not wearing weep proof eyeliner. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, all right, let's move into Cinema Sins. We're going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, again because we released part two. Yeah, I will say. What is this movie? <laughs> I haven't heard of this. Uh, I will say before we get into this uh, that we will be releasing a full video of parts one and part two if you want to watch the whole thing together over the course of 45 minutes or whatever the, the entirety would be. Um, but we did release the second part. Uh, Jeremy and Barrett wrote on this. Uh, what did Jeremy have to say? He said, so writing sins for Zack Snyder's Justice League was my first time watching it. What a mess. I realize the Snyder fans love it. That's fine. But this is not anyone's original version. This is an assembly cut with mostly finished effects. This is basically everything we shot with no cutting or editing whatsoever. Fine. There were enough calling for it that the exec saw a chance to make money via HBO Max. There was a little downside. And there was little downside. But to call this the original version is just a lie. Had Snyder not left the project after his family tragedy, or better yet, had the tragedy never occurred, the studio would never have released a six-part, four-hour version of Justice League. It was ridiculously fun to write sins for this movie. The anger was flowing, and the film (laughs) gives so much ample material to sin. One of my favorites that I wrote is the lead-in was He Never Fought Us, not us united and then the narrator laughs and says apes together strong man bat <laughs> say that so much i laughed so that's one of the ones i wrote down too <laughs> <laughs> and that's all jeremy had to say it's amazing <laughs> Uh, I can kick us off on this. I think we've already kind of spoken our piece on Justice League, uh, so I won't go into that anymore. But I will say some of the the sins I liked from this video, and I agree, both of these parts, this entire project uh, for this four 
plus hour uh, movie uh, is just hilarious. It's just so well done. Uh, Jeremy and Barrett did such a great job on this. Um, the this four hour movie has roughly six hours of exposition. Uh, is beautiful. <laughs> Uh, she could have called, texted, emailed, or sent a letter, but instead, fake Clark's mom showed up right at Lois's door, and more importantly, why did you say that name? Uh, <laughs> after the after they said Martha. Uh, loved that. Uh, I don't understand why Flash has to run fast and time things when Cyborg is here, and he should easily be able to create the charge needed and time it perfectly, but we needed a tense scene, and many people in the comments will be happy to explain why I'm wrong, but the movie doesn't really explain it, and so therefore... I'm right. And I just love that last part, which is like calling out this thing where the comments are like, no, it makes sense. And this is why. But that doesn't eliminate the sin of the fact that the movie doesn't take the time or have the coherence to uh, for us to understand what's going on easily. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and then the... <laughs> The the part six shows up and he just goes, oh, Kelly Clarkson. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> so great. There's just a lot that of was that. Amazing. There's just a lot of that narrator torture in this. It's uh, just just the length of everything is so good. And then I also wanted to mention the taking a sin off for there being some blue in Batman's uh, suit, yeah. uh, super suit, and. I, I hadn't really thought of that, but for a Batman fan, that was probably a thing because it's just been black for so long, but the original Batman suit had black and blue uh, in it, and that blue is just... Almost, dis- almost, like, almost like a gray, actually. Yeah. It wasn't even really that black. Yeah, I it mean, was yeah. more like gray and blue, and so, yeah, there's an interesting thing where it's like, it's just we Batman has become, at least especially since the Nolan movies, you know, it's just a black suit. It's just black. And uh, so I, I found that interesting because I hadn't thought about that. And as a Batman fan, um, I'm assume I could be wrong. I'm assuming Jeremy wrote that because I know he's a huge Batman fan, and he it is. just it just yeah. kind of made me think of something I hadn't thought of, and I love it when that happens. So I wanted to mention Je- that. Jeremy as well. might actually kill me for this, but or might think I'm stupid. But um, I actually like I I, I don't know the, like the Batman character in film has just gone so dark that I don't think people realize that there is actually a lightheartedness quality to a lot of the comic series, especially older versions of it. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to the point where I do tend to go back more towards the Burton stuff just because it is, it does have some like, even though it is dark, definitely. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. it's got like that film noir quality, but there is like some uh, goofiness to it, I guess, especially like in Batman returns with like the circus and all that stuff. And even like the original animated, the, uh, the animated series, animated series is great, but the, like the, the 1960s series, like I've kind of gotten to where I've kind of gotten back into that just because mm-hmm. I don't know, like I don't necessarily want like all the dark shit. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's kind of fun just to watch Adam West being goofy. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I, when you said that, that made me think of that. No, so I hear that. I hear that for sure. Uh, why don't you continue on with some of your uh, some of your thoughts, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we said our stuff last week. I, you know, this is an interesting, this is a fascinating project to me, even if I don't necessarily like it. And I agree with everything Jeremy's saying. There's absolutely no way in hell this is the movie that gets released. So, I mean, yep. it's it's kind of a weird thing, but you know, uh, I will say the videos kind of made me like it a little more in a weird way. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that. I don't know that that happens often, but I, but and I've That's actually heard some other people mention that like on Twitter and stuff that, you know, they're kind of like, this was the way I should have watched it originally or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. I thought that was funny. I still don't really like the movie though. It's not like all of a sudden I love the movie, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just made me, it made me remember the parts of it. I did like, I guess, I don't know. 
this this uh, I love Barrett and Jeremy writing on this though because it gets extremely horny. Uh, we have the Justice League of ass. <laughs> and then there is the thing about the only rip I see is in that fucking torso. Am I Am right? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. So Barrett, Barrett and Jeremy can bring the horn. It's pretty fun. Uh, who wants to rewatch Mallrats? I thought that was just a hilarious end of that sin about going back to that comic book discussion in that movie. Um, I love when they're reviving Superman and it's how the fuck do they know what they're doing? It, is there an Ikea like instruction booklet for reviving a super person? Cause I still don't get that scene at mm. all. Like I did, there's nothing about that that makes me understand how those people were like, we know exactly what we, yeah. what we're supposed to do, yeah. uh, to bring somebody back to life. Um, I love, there's a couple of just things in here. I just love that. Like, I love the term laser blasty save shot. I just thought that was funny. And then they start doing some names, and one of the names they say is Dick Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. And then uh, the only other thing I'll mention is I did like uh, their sin about uh, the treatment of Lois Lane. And there's that line about, you know, she's the key to Superman, and then the sin is reducing Lois Lane to the key to Superman. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought was brilliant. Yeah. So but if they do a what if Lois Lane say. became Superman... Clark Kent would still have to save the day a couple yes. times. <laughs> but that's what, but Lo- yeah. like Lois Lane is a badass. Yeah. Like if you ever read the comic or anything, like Lois Lane is in a lot of ways like the, like especially once they get married and stuff. Like Lois Lane is like the strength of that of that of that relationship. I mean, she keeps Superman grounded. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's almost she's like she's the key to Superman. I'm sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but but she's just like she's a great reporter, you know, and she's this really strong, independent. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it's just yeah. it is kind of silly how they that character has become over the years. Yeah. Today, what about you? Um. Well, I'll just uh, first start off by saying that I watched this video. I took some screenshots of ones that I really enjoyed, and then I was like, oh, I'll just go and I'll copy and paste the ones that I enjoyed from the script. So I have them in written format rather than just, you know, having screenshots. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the script and I was like, oh, I don't remember this one. This is really funny. Well, it turns out I was just copying over Barrett's script that didn't make it into the final cut. <laughs> so what are those then? So let's, I thought that I would I, I thought that I would start off the lead in for one of those that didn't make the cut that I, I oh, really fucking love. Deleted loved. sin segment. I love it. I love it. I love it. We're not even getting Barrett's permission. We're just doing it. Um, uh, the, the lead in was the demons must have gotten the scent of the mother box. (laughs) So, and the sin was, I have to admit, I'm impressed Gal Gadot, uh, Gadot got through this line while maintaining a straight face, but I'm still wondering how the fuck she would know this. And I thought that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then I realized, oh, I don't remember that actually being in there. There were several. I just literally was just going through. Barrett script. And picking Barrett script. So nice. that I had to share that I did that. That's hilarious. <laughs> I did like the mother box jock, a joke, though. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, but other ones that are definitely uh, on the uh, sexual side, too, that I really enjoyed was... Um, the sin was essentially about Flash having a lot of time to do a lot of things like mm-hmm. move a rock and eat a sandwich and check the Yankee <laughs> score and masturbate to completion and take a nap, <laughs> but then needed Cyborg to save the day. There were just so many of these times when both Jeremy and um, uh, Barrett really did well to point out just all mm-hmm. those kinds of frustrations. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was actually one that I really liked too, where I was like, Oh, Hey, remember that? Remember when we had to wake up dead Superman because we needed him, but then uh, 
I mean, he was kind of scary evil. So now we're just going to do it by ourselves because we didn't actually need him anyways, because we have the confidence now and we never really detoured from, this is fine. Like the, how casual they all moved on. And I just, I love pointing that kind of stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you say, I don't think you guys said the, the master Wayne, you need to see this. And the sin mm-hmm. is, uh, the sin is pardon. Might you be a deer and come hither to gander upon this cliche? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, probably one of my favorites is the, kill him get to the carriage protect the <laughs> unity and the sin is those sound like three completely separate orders though <laughs> yeah uh yeah good shit good shit good stuff uh all right let's move into adam's family values uh chris and ian writing on this one what did ian have to say about the process with uh this adam's family sequel um look at ian writing on everything <laughs> we're just we're just giving him all the ian, stuff ian, that's ian. cool uh, so somehow good. I watched this movie a billion times when I was younger, and I think that childhood memory is the best place to leave this movie. I like it well enough, but it's just fucking weird. What a bizarre choice of storyline. It feels more like a two-part TV sh- show adventure than a feature film. Of course, there's the same old good means bad, sibling torture, everyone's indestructible bullshit, but I do think it's saved by the cast that is so enjoyable to watch and unafraid of committing themselves to the madness. Richie, as always, uh, be Wednesday, Julia will always be Gomez, and Hudson will always be Morticia. Uh, writing this one was a unique experience, as it was my first drop everything we need this video as soon as possible script. So I think I had about two or three days to turn the script in, and I usually like to take longer to watch the film a couple times and really nail the script. The tight deadline on this meant going with a lot more gut instinct sins and jokes, but I think it still came out really well, and it was a great learning process. I love wordplay, so Melanie Felony and Momsturbating were fun sins to come up with, of course, and my favorite sin to write was the one uh, sending the 5,000 songs that Debbie claimed she was able to bring with her on her honeymoon. I enjoyed doing the research on uh, the portability of one's music catalog, mainly because I'm a huge fucking nerd. It was a lot of fun to work uh, out the tape technology of the time and then extrapolate when exactly it would have been possible to transport 5,000 romantic songs, assuming an average length of three to four minutes each. Turns out even the early iPods wouldn't have been able to do this, let alone a fucking cassette tape. Ah, the things I take joy from. <laughs> yeah, it's part of our job. Part of our mm-hmm. job. Um, today, kick us off with some of uh, your thoughts on uh, this movie and script and video. Uh, I have seen this movie, shocker, um, Man, I everybody's think... going to be sober at the end of this episode. <laughs> you had seen the first one. You had seen the first one, t- or did you write on the first one? I wrote on the first one. That's right. But you had seen it before, right? I, I was trying to remember our conversation about it on BTS when we talked about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is one that my parents kind of enjoyed. You know, like mm-hmm. they didn't like to show the darker movies and things. This is probably as dark at the, as they would let it get. You know, mm-hmm. where they're wearing black and they're making you know morbid jokes and trying to kill each other with hatchets that's about as like okay our children can watch this you know um so i remember being delighted by it and of course christina ricci was fascinating to me being somebody that i could relate to looking on Mm -hmm. the screen um finding her like a darkness and her beautiful and her snarkiness something that i was not taught to be i was taught to be very polite uh now I wasn't polite, but I was taught to be polite. It was an expectation, you know, like you, so it was like this, the juxtaposition of the, what was very much like, like a church camp situation, which I was, I had to go to church camp at least once. Um, I felt more like Wednesday 
growing up. Like I related more to her personality and her just being done with everything around her. So I loved this movie because those scenes with those blonde, pretty girls or whatever. And then like, that's not what I wanted to be with Wednesday. That was like a big standout for me in a movie. So um, for that reason alone, I love this movie. <laughs> and that that part alone, I love need. this movie. Yep. That's all I needed. So it's always fun to kind of go back and rewatch these um, films from certain parts of your life through the lens of sinning. And it was it was a fun um, fun one to see. Like in fact, the sin off for Wednesday during that scene when the girl's like, "Is that your bathing suit?" and she's like, "Is that your overbite?" So I have an overbite. So for Wednesday to like just so casually be willing to just insult a pretty girl for her issues. I was like, this is amazing. You can do that. <laughs> well, I wondered, I, I wondered about that same thing. Cause I, I wondered for you, if that was like conflicting, like that there was oh, cognitive it, dissonance I there where it's it. okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because, because I find but that I mean, I mean I, when I was younger, it was, I was very self-conscious of, you know, my appearance. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but for Wednesday to kind of just so throw it out, like, that pretty girls could be insulted too. You don't have to cower away from them. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like she emboldened emboldened me a little right. bit, I feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoyed the sin off for that scene because that was one of the ones I really um, enjoyed. I think uh, that there were several that I really liked, but the two other ones that made me laugh a whole bunch was the, when, um, uh, just forgot his name, Uncle Fester uh is flustered by the woman and he kind of is like she's driving me wild and the sin is announcing your boner to your family and i just wasn't <laughs> expecting that <laughs> so that was really funny and then the other one uh, penis jokes for the win today um y- you know when i first saw him i thought it was from europe you did yeah it's true uh, but i took a bath and the sin is that's your penis <laughs> penis <laughs> it's just i don't know why that one really killed me. I'm simple. I'm a simple woman. I'm Cause sorry. Because it's funny. Because it's that funny. Was funny. The whole thing was funny, but those two really got me. It, it is. It's a great video. Um, I I think this movie is hilarious. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't have a lot of specific thoughts on it. But um, I just think there's a there's a really interesting humor tone that this movie, for the most part, succeeds in staying consistent with. That I, that I really enjoy. Um, as far as sins and such, there are a lot of great ones in this. Uh, I know Thing may have issues communicating consent, but that doesn't mean you don't try, Debbie. Uh, I love that. Uh, okay, what here? Uh, what have we got here that makes this hut so harmonious? Kittens, check. Cute babies, check. Teddy bears, check. Random poster of Michael Jackson staring down at you, check. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> I just the observation of that Michael Jackson poster was really funny to me. Um, the, uh, the lead in is don't worry, we're getting out of here, but if, but it's Disney and then the, the sin is what Marvel, Star Wars and Pixar would probably say if they could talk, it made me laugh quite a bit. <laughs> and then Ian mentioned a couple of the puns, the wordplay that I wanted to mention. Uh, but the one he didn't mention was the Italian hand job. And that is just such a perfect <laughs> combination of things like it's just so great um and i i really enjoyed that reference to aaron the, really likes italian hand jobs uh reference so, yeah. to the italian job um being done by a hand um just it's perfect mm-hmm. it's just perfect very nicely done uh jonathan what about you um i don't like this movie i i, I feel like a lot of people just assume that i love the adams family um 
I, I weird too because I rewatched both the Adams Family series and the Monsters because they're actually not very long. The Monsters I think has two seasons. I think they both have two seasons. And I did that like over the last couple of years, and I because those get compared a lot. I the Monsters holds up beautifully. Like that is like just a great like classic sitcom like any even like on the i don't know if it's quite on the level but like it's in that you know discussion it's in that it's it, it's funny like dick van dyke is still funny that mm-hmm. that's what i'm trying to say i don't yeah. think it's as good as dick van dyke but it's really funny adam's family doesn't hold up at all and i don't think the movies do either um i watched them with my daughter a couple years ago um i think the main thing with this movie that i don't like is that i love christina ricci and she definitely has the best parts of this movie but I also think that in the first one, it was definitely more balanced out between everybody because it's a really nice cast. And then Wednesday was such a popular character. I, when they did the sequel, they focused quite a bit more on her, but then still tried to have this main storyline, which was another situation where somebody was fucking with Fester. They redid that whole thing and just kind of changed the angle. And then you get like less, they have the kid thing, but I feel like you get less Raul Julian and, uh, and um, Angelica Houston in this, which I think is a downfall because I think they're so good in that first one and they have such great chemistry. So I don't know. This one just doesn't really work for me. I think the Thanksgiving scene, which I think is what a lot of people uh, go to, I think that's hilarious. I think there's a lot in that that I find really funny. And I love I love how uh, she agrees to do it, but then makes it her own thing and just freaks everybody out. I, I, I Christina Ricci plays that so well. And uh, But anyways, but I've, I've never been a huge fan of the movie. But um, I love this video. Um, I love the telling your children bullshit stories like this is exactly how you get ants. I mean, unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> I thought was really good. And then uh, I just loved the scene where it was like Thanksgiving. And then it was immediately followed by also musicals. <laughs> that was really funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think there's any reason she can't spit this apple out right. Am I missing something? I don't know why that cracked me up, but that really cracked me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it's like, why is why is Mercedes McNabb still just holding that apple in her mouth? Yeah. Uh, and also, I love Mercedes McNabb in this movie, by the way. She plays the blonde that's, you know, terrorizing Christina Ricci. I think she does a really good job in that role. And I was looking her up because I hadn't seen her in a while. And she hasn't acted in anything since, like, 2011. So I don't <laughs> know what happened there. She was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, they mentioned in this video she was in the movie uh, Hatchet. But uh, I remember her mostly from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. So nice. anyways, love the video. Great stuff. Okay, let's move into keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an Orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, podcast peeps. It's me again. Um. Those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk, wow, is this how Aaron feels when we're okay? We're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're each going to talk about something from the process of putting stuff together for the week. Maybe a weird Google search, uh, anything that uh, stood out to us uh, during the process. So, um, Jonathan, I know you didn't write on anything this week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I didn't look up anything. We didn't have any Slack conversations that uh, got, me to, <laughs> right. got me to do any investigation. So, uh, Danae, what about you? Do you have any keeping tabs? So, yeah, I, I was really trying to figure out what to call the color on the wall. Uh, for Rick and Morty and so <laughs> you know you call it I called it like a watered down sherbet but which is fine because that's mm-hmm. kind of like ultimately where I landed but I found several websites that try to name the color um, and the one that was really interesting to me was colors.rtclick.com and they have this color finder name so wow. the, the page is essentially this beautiful picture of a, f- a flower that has all these different dimensions of color on it okay. and you drag your mouse around on the picture of the flower until you kind of are in the color range that you're in and as it kind of goes over it gives you not only the uh the number of the colors that you can copy it over to like the all the colors you know they're assigned a number so if you're like doing a website and you want to have a specific themed color for your website you can type in like f984ef and then it's Mm -hmm. it's this particular pink color whatever but then it actually has the title of what is the most common name for said color so i just did one for example that's a pink that's most likely associated with light fuchsia pink um so there's just so if you're looking for the name of a color like uh rosso corsa you know you can find that on the site or like sea or mercury soft peach almost black haiti you know like carousel pink there's just all these words that we need to describe color we can't just say rick and morty's wall color is ff8 700 (laughs) you know that might be funny actually but yeah that would have been funny fuck (laughs) <laughs> no there's always the next time there's always the next time there's always the next time i thought no, i thought that sherbert was funny season. as well so uh so yeah i think we were good either way anyway there's there's uh there's websites for everything um but i was really delighted to find this one so i thought i would just share it again it's on colors.artyclick.com you can click on that one and you can find their color picker you can they actually do like the palette selection too so if you're trying to find a, a palette color range for a project um, you can uh, select a color and it'll show you the colors that go really well with the, you know, the image that you've uploaded or something like that. So 
I'm not really good with interior design. So these kinds of sites I always find to be helpful. But even on just projects, for example, like if you're doing, um, you know, like a, a logo or a branding image, uh, oftentimes you need to have colors that all like kind of go well together. And sites like this can kind of give you that option. So nice. Anyhow, enjoy. Well, uh, my keeping tabs is about the button guy. Uh, and no, I am go. I am not going to uh, explain go. the joke all over again. I oh, think it's... Is, would you say this is a callback? <laughs> it's a callback. To something we talked about earlier? To something we talked about earlier. This was the very first uh, sin in the button guy uh, series where the show says something about Stark being the button guy. And so the sin is the church I grew up in had a button guy. He wore all sorts of weird buttons on his suit. He seemed fine until one day he brought a piece of wood in axe to service and started chopping it up in front of the congregation without warning while shouting about pruning the evil branches. Keep an eye on Stark is all I'm saying. Um, this uh, Danae was flabbergasted when she read this story and I think put something in the notes of please tell me this is not a, a true story or something along those lines. So my keeping tabs is that I'm here to say it's a true story. Uh, from when I was growing up as a kid, uh, you may or may not know that my dad is a pastor. And so the church that we were at, uh, yeah, there was a guy who just wore a whole bunch of buttons on his tie and jacket, and he was the button guy. And then one day he showed up unannounced to church with a piece of wood and a hatchet that he hid under the pew and that at a certain point in the service, he just walked up front and started like chopping this wood with this hatchet and just like, you know, street corner proselytizing about the pruning of the branches. And um, it was, as a child, one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. And oh I was so unaware of all the stuff as an adult where you're like, are we all in danger? Like, where is this going? Like, you know, um, so I, I, I remember. Or is he okay? Right. Like all that stuff yeah. as a child was just not in my brain. My brain uh, was just like, yeah. this is hilarious. <laughs> like, this guy is funny. Um, and so, but they, they eventually like had to, uh, I, I think it was my dad and, a, you know, a couple of uh, people in the, the congregation uh, went up to him and started talking to him. And, you know, one of them was able to get the, the hatchet away from him first. Uh, and then they kind of walked him out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was kind of one of those, those situations is never going to leave your brain in here, you know, however many years later, uh, using it in a, in a script to start what is, uh, essentially probably one of the best series of callbacks since we've ever done. Uh, on, the on the button guy stuff. So um. <laughs> that is a crazy story, though. That's really insane is. that that actually yeah. happened. But I love that. I love that kid's perspective on things. You know, because you're definitely not thinking. And even back then, you know, I think now more people would be, you know, thinking about mental illness and stuff like that. Back then, I don't think they would have even been doing that. They'd just be like, "This dude's crazy," you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and not even thought about what could be causing that. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad everybody was okay. <laughs> I do believe, I do believe he was, he got some help, some mental health help. Uh, I think yeah, that's, that's an important, good. important part of the story. And, um, I could be wrong about that. I, again, I was a child. I didn't, don't have a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, clear memory of the repercussions or, you know, what happened next. Um, but, uh, but I do believe that that was what was sought for him was some mental health, um, help. So, Anyhow, so, that, 
that's my uh, that's my keeping tabs. Yes, that is a true story. Yes, to all the adults, it was one of the most terrifying moments of their lives. And to me as a child, I was cracking up. Um, it's crazy so, how that yeah. how that works. Yep. All right, let's move into the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to talk about uh, some feedback from the week. Maybe a comment from a video, maybe something on Discord. Uh, could be from Twitter, anywhere uh, that you are giving us feedback on stuff. Um, I'll go first since I uh, finish off keeping tabs. Uh, I just wanted to mention a thank you uh, to Vintage BS who says, as a doctor, I'm well amazed at the use of the phrase proprioceptive training. Uh, this was in the sin about Captain Carter just having apparently downloaded the information about how to do a wheelie on a motorcycle mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, use it, that kind of stuff. And I was trying to think of the exact word for the difference between stuff you can learn, like as far as knowledge, and the difference between physical attributes and the way you use your physical attributes. And I remembered uh, a physical therapist who had taught me about uh, proprioception and the idea of that it's not just your physical capabilities, it's your uh, the intricate way you can use the different limbs and different capabilities at the same time. So like examples of people who have great proprioception are drummers. Drummers have great proprioception because they have to do one thing with the right hand, one thing with the left hand, another thing with, the, you know, different feet. Uh, skateboarders have great proprioception. And so that reminded me of, you know, the, the Captain Carter trying to do all these things or whatever. So I was glad that there was uh, that one out there who, who appreciated it. Citizens writers, we have to think and write and watch <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah, that's right. No, that is some sort of mental proprioception maybe but not physical for sure uh mental handicap maybe <laughs> yeah today what about you <laughs> i wrote down one from s wall who says this it just dawned on me batman dreamt about joker giving him a reach around <laughs> so, is that the full comment know. that's the full comment <laughs> <laughs> what did you love about that comment today it just made me think <laughs> <laughs> he did i I don't even know that the movie's saying that, is it? I think Joker's but saying the Joker that. Scene, but the Joker scene was part of Batman's dream. Well, but I just that just means Batman dreamed about Joker saying that. It doesn't mean... Yeah, and isn't that interesting? Sure. <laughs> Best comment section ever. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. It is. No, it's funny. And it's, it's something funny. to think about. It is something that's to think about. His, that's, it's something in his conscious somewhere, you know, like mm -hmm. in his subconscious somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just dawned on me. See, like, I think some people would be like, oh, this is a wink and a nod to what's coming next. But in actuality, that was Batman's dream that he had. Mm -hmm. But it could be Batman's dream because he has interacted with that future before in other of the DC movies. And so, like, it's in, like it's a true thing, alternate, you know, thing that is in his consciousness now because Flash has opened that up uh, in his mind. So... It wasn't a dream. There's a possibility that it's not a dream. There's a possibility. But if it's a dream, then he dreamt about Joker giving him a reach around. <laughs> and not, isn't not that interesting? But yes, it just dawned on me that uh, this is a great comment. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, what about you? What's your comment section? Oh, mine was from Adam's Family Values. It was uh, just some guy without a mustache said, I would have honestly expected 666 cents at least, which is a great point. And I just wanted to... Tell just some guy without a mustache, if you'd like to go to a channel 
that would address that would you know have the sense of humor to do that with a show <laughs> that deals with this type of things. Uh, this channel TV sends did a did the Lucifer pilot. That's true, and uh, you should check that out, and maybe you'll be happy. At that the is end true. Of that. that is true, and you can thank Ian if you are happy, <laughs> as is usually the case. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's move into Beyond the Sins to infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we have seen. And Jonathan is going to start us off. Uh, what's in your world, Jonathan? Yeah, so I wish I had known about this last week since we're recording on October 1st. So this will actually start today. But it's this will release like the 7th. So there's still going to be plenty of month left. But AMC Theaters... Uh, select AMC theaters. So you have to check your local listings or whatever they say these days. Um, they're doing this thing this month called Thrills and Chills. And what it's going to be is every Friday and every Wednesday, every Wednesday night and every Friday night in the month of October. So starting tonight, October 1st, I'm going to go check this out. I'm really excited. They're showing a horror movie. Here where I'm at, they're showing it at 7 o'clock. I don't know if it's going to be the same time everywhere. I, I, I don't know how they're doing it. But uh, but if you just check your listings, you'll be able to find it. But what they're do- but what's cool about it, I think, is that you don't know what it is. It's a surprise screening. So it could be anything. Uh, that's a horror movie. And they said they're going to mix in newer movies with classic. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. I like stuff like that. I think it's fun. Uh, there's a there's a horror movie marathon I go to every year, and the thing I like about it the most is that it's mystery. You never know what's going to be aired, and you're just sitting in the theater waiting for the next movie. You have no idea what it's going to be. So that's kind of what this made me feel like. So I'm going to go tonight and see. It could end up sucking. I have no idea. Like I can't I can't I don't know if this is really a recommend, but it's more just an observation that if uh, if you're you know if you if you watch like if you're one of those people that watches you know some horror movies in the month of October to get in the mood. Uh, this might just be something fun to do, and it's inexpensive. It's five bucks. Uh, if you are an AMC Stubbs member, you can use your AMC Stubbs membership. This isn't like a, like a like a like a special screening or anything where they don't let you use it. You can use it for that week if you want to. And um, yeah, so just check your AMCs around your area. I know there's like four or five in the Middle Tennessee area that are doing it. And uh, you'll just look on Wednesday or Friday night. It'll say like Thrills and Chills special screening or something. And, uh, you know, you can buy your ticket and uh, be surprised. I just thought that was cool. I thought that was kind of a fun thing that was going on this month. So I thought I'd mention it. Nice. I'll go next. Uh, I got to talk about Squid Game. Uh, I know a lot of people are. Uh, This is on Netflix. There are nine episodes. Uh, this is a show from Korea, a TV show from Korea, uh, and I would highly recommend watching the uh, subtitled version, uh, not the dubbed version, um, because the performances in this are really, really good. But this is a show that is gaining a lot of buzz mainly for uh, just how kind of out there it is. But we've seen pop culture like this before. Like, you know, you've got movies like Battle Royale or, you know, the Hunger Games, whatever the case may be, where we integrate the idea of, you know, survival games, like actual survival games. But the difference with this one um, is how much it's not the it's not even the first uh, piece of pop culture to really emphasize um, the difference between classes uh, and kind of have that be the main theme. Um, but this one is so purposeful about how it's portraying the idea of the haves and the have-nots and what it means to uh, live in a society that honors money above all else, right? The idea of got to get mine, got to you know progress, uh, have to get the right amount of money, all that kind of stuff is here. And it's so beautifully done. 
I think by the time I and I have finished this, I've watched all nine episodes. Uh, by the time I finished it, I was in into it much more for the thematic stuff in the performances. There are some scenes that blew me away than I was for the crazy like survival game type stuff that is in here. Uh, I will say you get to about the sixth or seventh episode and some English speaking characters are introduced. Um, the English speaking acting in this is terrible. Uh, and like these characters are so paper thin, one note, horribly performed. Um, you think, uh, so you don't think it's intentional? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, the, the terribleness of the characters in uh, ethically and morally, I think is completely intentional. I don't, I, I wouldn't think it was intentional for them to be bad performances. Gotcha. I was just curious. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think that just because that is a distraction, I think from what the, um, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. show is trying to do, I think. Um, so, so I guess what I'm saying is this is not a perfect production. Like you're going to come up against some things and be like, um, you know, that was, that's not as polished as I'm used to it being that kind of thing. But as far as the conceptual world building thematic stuff is in this, I think it is really, really good. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, I, it's a recommend for Squid Game with the caveat that it is definitely, um, you know, rated R. I know it's a TV show, but it's, you know, it's a hard R uh, at times. Um, so especially well, for I mean, violence it's Netflix though it's not right. it's Correct. not uh, it's not a network show so it, yeah it does its thing but trigger warnings for uh violence suicide um you know a whole bunch of stuff I would I would you know check out if you have a specific trigger that you're trying to avoid something like you know how does the uh, does the dog die.com or something like that um uh, which I don't even know if they do TV shows but you do, know what does it, the does the squid die? <laughs> I, you know, one of the things I also loved about the show, which I, I don't think it's too spoilerly to talk about conceptually what they're doing here, but they're using children's playground games as death games. So basically it's the games you played on the playground, but the result isn't that you lose. The result is that you die. Um, so like the first episode is titled Red Light, Green Light. So there you go. You can kind of associate uh, what might happen with that. But the way that the show integrates these childhood games was really fascinating to me because some of them are Korean childhood games that I never played on the playground. And so it was interesting to see like how other cultures um, you know, grow up, what they grow up playing, and, and that kind of stuff. And Squid Game is one of those games. Squid Game is a, uh, a game that they apparently played on the playground there that I'd never heard of before. So, um, so yeah, anyhow, cool. it's... It's a very, very fascinating, compelling watch um, with all the caveats. It's a good game. Yes, Didn't... and if you want to know how fascinated Aaron is, he has talked about it every day on Slack <laughs> for the last seven days. Every so, hour, so. I would say. It's like every hour I'm on there posting something about this series. Uh, I love it. I love people being excited about stuff. It's fun. It's just, it's just so, it's interesting to me what captures culture and, yeah. um, and for whatever reason, like this is just some popped up on Netflix. I think Netflix is probably the best streamer at this where because, because they have the most subscribers and because people kind of use it as a hub, there are a lot of people that Netflix is their quote unquote cable or satellite or whatever. They oh, just yeah. go there and whatever's in the top 10, it has this unique ability to really launch something into the cultural consciousness um, just by putting it on their platform. 
And they're not, and they're not a, tra- they're not a traditional studio, so they don't. I mean, they do buy properties, like they buy IP, but I'm just saying in general, like they're not so indebted to their IP. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Paramount, Peacock, Disney, they're going to be doing stuff along their lines. Whereas Netflix can just do whatever; they can go buy these foreign shows, or mm-hmm. you know, they yep. just they they take chances like that, which is always fascinating to me. Today, gotta uh, be on the sins this week. Let's talk about food. Yeah, I yes. found these things and I'm obsessed with them. Let me tell you the glorious thing about TJ Maxx and Tuesday morning and <laughs> shops like that. Sometimes you go in there and they have these little treats and you're like, oh, five bucks, I'll try that. And then you're like, I need these in my life forever. So you go to the website and you realize that actually it's a $30 treat that you have in your hand and you only got it for five bucks. So then your instinct is to go back to TJ Maxx and buy every single can. <laughs> or at is, least six of them. This is a wafer roll by Sushina in Amore or Kukana in Amore if you're from the Ozarks. These are these delicious cream filled wafer rolls. I'm going to show the chat and I apologize to anyone who can't see but essentially it looks like a like a like a straw cannoli. Yeah, it's like a it's like those coffee yeah. stirrer uh treats. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried these before, but these in particular are so good. A European style artisan wafer roll, generously filled with rich vanilla cream. They're indulging, they're crunchy, they're bursting with flavor. And I am obsessed with them and I've eaten <laughs> all of them myself. I, I think. I mean, I think we need to advertise for them, and that way you'll get more of it. You know, I think my, we need to reach out. My problem is sometimes I just want something sweet, and then there's too sweet, and then yeah. I, I, this is perfect because it's one little like it's a straw. It's like a little. It's like a little cigar. It's like a swisher sweet. Oh, it's delicious. What are, until what are you they eat called? the whole can in one sitting, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my tummy. No, I am resisting the urge. But what's great about them is they really light, like the, the wafer around the outside is really light. And then it has the cream on the middle, but it's not too much cream. So it's just perfect for a little satisfaction of a sweet tooth without going overboard. And then usually I just have like two or three and then I'm done for the day. I don't I don't think I'm much of a wafer person, but that sounds very appetizing. Yeah. I mean, they're so good. What are they called again? Um, it, so the company is C-U-C-I-N-A. Kushina. Okay. Maybe. And Amore. But I'm saying Amore. But what is that actually called that? Like that That's that... the company. Oh, These okay. are just simply called wafer rolls. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, uh, cream filled. They come in a can Cochina that looks kind of like a doesn't this look like an ice cream container? Um I was thinking it looked like a like a coffee thing, but um uh, kind of I see it now with the colors and everything. Yeah. I see it. Uh yeah, Cucina and the More is a kitchen and love. Uh, is what that translates Sounds to. Like... That's that's what I thought. So it's it's basically like love of the food, love of the kitchen, kitchen and love. Uh, well, that's what Danae is expressing. So I guess vanilla, they did their job. These vanilla wafers, man. I'm I am obsessed with them right now. Anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about this week. Nice. Fight nice. me. <laughs> Nobody's gonna fight you. I, food is pop culture. We've talked about I this before. I, I wish I had some of those. I could sneak into my AMC Thrills and Chills movie. Tonight. <laughs> you can. You there can. you go. There you go. <laughs> while while watching Squid Game, I don't. I'm trying to work all three things sure. into one. I, no, I but I don't it. know if that works. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So that's some wafer rolls from Cucina Iamore. Uh, Squid Game is on Netflix. In Thrills and Chills, AMC Theaters is doing that uh that's gonna do it for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you are subscribed go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well if you've got anything you want to send us you can mail it to us at p.o box 881 republic missouri 65738 you can hang out with us on twitter i'm at aaron 
Dicer. She is at Denae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. Also on Twitch. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Denae Hughes, a button guy, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy National Inner Beauty Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. Oh, hello. Okay, back to... Oh, I arrive and you're like, okay, gotta go to something else. You can see why I was distracted, yes? Yes, yes I can. This is not centered. Drive me crazy. Hold on just one moment. Almost fix this beach. What's the over under on how long before Jonathan mentions it? I can't hear you. What? What's the over under on how long before Jonathan mentions it? Instantly. (laughs) What up? What up, Jonathan? Oh, it's a bandana day. I love it. Bandana day. It's amazing. Love bandana days. Danae rocks them. We took wagers on how long it would take you to mention the bandana. Danae win. It's because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why that's a bad thing. He's, he's a band fana. That's what he's he is. He's a band fana. I wish I could pull him off. You could. You could. And you could put him on, too. What? Oh, Danae did it. She's the one that did That was that an Aaron it. joke. I, I held That was off. an Aaron joke. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're fired, but awesome. Fuck, I peaked. Fuck, I peaked. No. Speaking of which, I'm still so just weirded out about this documentary on HBO Max that like of shit that took place like down the street from where I lived my whole life. Yeah. uh, Really? And I don't remember. And then, and then Barrett's even like, oh yeah, dude, we went to school with their daughters. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? So I have to watch this. I'm hoping it'll like, maybe it'll spark some memories. I haven't asked my mom about it either. I mean, I'm sure she'll know more than me because she was an adult, but. Uh, yeah, that's weird. That's, that's just, well, it, I was watching. So I'm, I'm, I'm I, you weren't, you're not on not work chat a lot, Danae. I think that's where I put this. So I was watching videos for today to prep mm-hmm. and I, I don't pay the extra 15 bucks a month. So I get ads and I usually don't pay attention to them. So I started, I was like typing something. I was like, oh, an ad's coming up. And then all of a sudden I hear Dan Miller's voice, which is this newscaster from Tennessee that he'd passed away like seven or eight years ago. But he was like, like his voice has been in my ear since I was a kid. Okay. So I'm like, that sounds like Dan Miller. And then all of a sudden he said, you know, blah, 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 in Williamson County. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then it ends up, it's this documentary on HBO Max about this woman that, uh, some kind of weight loss like thing, but it turned into like a church and a, a cult, cult kind of okay. thing. And then she she died in a plane crash, I think, earlier this year. Um, so I don't know a ton about it, but I, but it was just weird because she lived like maybe two miles from where I lived, and uh, apparently her kids went to school with me and Barrett, and I don't remember any of this. I don't think any. I don't think the kids were in my class. Like I think they were younger than me. But yeah, this is they Brentwood, were right? Barrett's age. Yeah, well, Brentwood is, yeah, where this took place, where the churches and stuff, uh, uh, the school is in Nashville, uh, David Lipscomb. Now it's Lipscomb Academy. It's in Green Hills. You know what Green... But, uh, but yeah, but this all stuff took place in Brentwood. Yeah. I think uh, the closest thing we have uh, here, and today more than me, because I'm not from here, but is the Hulu uh, series The Act, um, which was like the Munchausen oh, yeah. by proxy thing happened here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. You guys told me that cause I knew that story cause mm-hmm. I had seen a true crime thing on, I haven't watched the act, but I've, I've 
I, and I think the main reason I haven't watched the act is just because I know the story so well. I don't mm-hmm. know. It just feels. I, I'm sure it's great. Have you seen it? I haven't, and I I didn't. Oh, okay. I don't think Danae has either. But I I wondered if Danae would have some like, oh yeah. my goodness, I know I mean, where that is. Oh my goodness, I've been there. You know, kind of stuff. I with mean, it. I love. Per- yeah, I love Patricia Arquette and stuff. Well, that's yeah. what Barrett said. Barrett said that first episode of the documentary, he said it's just like aerial Brentwood porn. I'm like, oh my God, I have to mm-hmm. watch this. <laughs> the other thing is uh, on um, Jason Bourne's like, data sheet or license, I forget. He's from yeah. he's from Nixa, Missouri, which, which is, is the, wow, which is like this tiny little town that's like five <laughs> miles away. That's yeah. so weird. I so, wonder, I mean, that's got to be in the book too. So I wonder I don't if. Know. I wonder if uh, what's the author's name? He's dead, but I think it's Robert Ludlum. Maybe I wonder yeah. if he's from there. I don't know. It's it's a it, it's just a weird it's a weird thing where you're just like Nixa. I get to do that next week. I'm so excited. I've never gotten to do that. Oh, respond via email, not on the show. Yes, yeah. and you have to read exactly what I said. <laughs> I know what I could do. I could go make coffee right now. After we've started the live show. So not not before when I was like, hey, Danae, anything else you need to do for the next five minutes or should we go ahead and start? No, no, I'm ready. Let's do this. So after the live show starts, you're going to disappear and go make coffee for five minutes. Is that what we're doing? Yes. <laughs> do it. Go get some coffee. Hell yes. Uh, Josh says, hey, question for Aaron. On an old episode of Sincast, Jeremy mentioned you used to do voiceover work. Anything interesting or that we would know? Have you ever been to Home Depot? Uh, Lowe's, actually. Oh, Lowe's, Lowe's. Uh, yes, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Lowe's. If you've ever worked at Lowe's in the last 10 years, uh, you may have heard my voice. I do. It's so great when people learn that. Like, when you'll you'll have, because yeah. you get messages sometimes, right, from I people do. that work at Lowe's. And I they're do. like, that really sounded like you. And you're like, it was me. <laughs> it was me. That, that was me. Uh, yeah, I do the voiceover for the training videos for Lowe's. Um, uh, or I have. I haven't done one in a long time, so I don't know if they're just not doing any new training material, or maybe they've moved to a different voice person, which is possible as well. Or they're just not changing them. They're just using all yeah, the old. Yeah, they're things. just using them. Um, <laughs> I think the most recent person who has come to me and be like, um, I got a job at Lowe's, and I swear the person that does the voiceover sounds just like you. Uh, the last time I heard that from someone was a couple years ago. It was it was okay. pre-pandemic, so um, I think it would have been like, 2018 2019 so at least up until that point i played the voiceover game for a while which is a it's it's an exhausting game uh if you really want a career in voiceover it is constant constant auditions um until you get to be an elite or like an a-lister and then you have an agent and you know you'll get shopped but before that it is just audition after audition after audition if you really want to play the game. Well, I've never really had the time to do that well. And so all of my gigs were pretty much either word of mouth or somebody mm-hmm. hearing my demo. Um, so uh, I would do I would do as much voiceover work as I could. I just don't have time to seek it out. Uh, so that's what my daughter really wants to do eventually. Cause you know, she's just started doing acting classes and yeah. stuff and she's even got an agent, but uh, she wants to eventually go into voice work yeah. Um, I don't know if she will once she finds out how hard it is, but you know, at ten, she's like, I want to, I want to voice animated movie stuff. So That's great. We'll Probably my most heard voiceover is for a YouTube channel that I that I do voiceover for, um, called TV Sins. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. <laughs> That's probably the, the most my voice has ever been heard. Well, how's your coffee? I haven't had it yet. I got distracted. Oh, it's hot because I went out there and my husband is jumping around the kitchen like a child. Hmm. Like, no, 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 not even a child. Think aerobics, 
video, 1982. Okay. What's he excited about? He has purchased... He has purchased tickets next month to see AEW Rampage and AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. Two nights back-to-back. He is going to be directly beside the ring. In one of them, he'll be on TV. In the other one, he'll be slightly left of the TV. Hmm. I remember we had a trivia question one time at a trivia night where it was like, um, like, what's the like, what's the center of the United States? Like Mm -hmm. what? what state or city or something and i just i said like i told chris i thought i was like i don't know north dakota and he just looked at me like he was very disappointed (laughs) that i was on his team but then come to find out north dakota is the center of i think it's like of the con of 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 north america which is kind of funny so so you were kind of in the (laughs) it was it was totally lucky though like i didn't know that i just found it out later (laughs) But I've never seen such a look of disappointment. They signed a couple, a couple big names. Um, I'm not into wrestling either, so I don't remember what those names. Yeah, were, you could but. tell me like, yeah, they signed, you know, Jim Backbone Davis. I'd be like, okay. That, well, they already good. had Jim Backbone Davis. Uh, <laughs> they, 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 they actually but, signed uh, the uh, Frank uh, Hipbone um, Davis, which those are the Davis brothers. Hipbone is connected to the Backbone. <laughs> And uh, and they they tag just like probably lost listeners that love wrestling. They're like, fuck these guys. Shut up! (laughs) Is that too much? Is that too much? (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 